1: My second guest on today's show is no stranger in Christian music. In fact, he has spent over forty years in the industry. You may have heard him here on One Jam Nation Radio before, as well on his weekly show, Radio Rehab. I'm excited to have Brian Duncan on the show today. Brian, how are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing all right. Wow, forty years—that <laughs> you're making sound like I'm Moses in the wilderness, right there. <laughs>
1: Well, it's not often I get to converse with a fellow OJNR show host, but we're definitely happy to have you on the show today.
2: Well, it's good to be had, and you know I've been around long enough to uh, you know know how to go how it goes.
1: Well, you know I started working in the Christian music industry and media back in 2004, and one of the very first records I was sent to review was one of yours by your former publicist and someone I love and still work with, Mr. Brian Mays. And I believe it was the, the Neo Soul Band's Christmas album.
2: Yeah, that would go back a few years. Um, I know Brian really well, sang at his, uh, his wedding. Uh, and the Neo Soul Band was at his wedding, too. So maybe that's how we got him plugged in, because he's the top of the line when it comes to publicists.
1: Yes, he is. Well, we work with Brian since 2004, work with him with Striper and uh, other bands like that. So he's, he's a cool guy to work with.
2: So what did he say? Did he did he like the record? I don't even remember.
1: <laughs> you know what? I don't remember either. It's it was it was such a long time ago. We're talking two thousand four. I like the record. One of my favorite Christmas records. It was it was uh, different than a lot of the stuff that you know I hear all the time during Christmas. So it was really good to kind of hear something that was different than what we ordinarily hear.
2: Well, you know, my first uh, Christmas record was then in nineteen ninety. It's called Christmas is Jesus, and it was like a $100,000 budget with, you know, we brought in the orchestra and, you know, big guns, and it was yeah, it was really, um, it was so big time that, you know, it was kind of not as fun to do, because there was just so much going on in every song. Right. Um, so the next time I got a chance to do a record, we did it for, you know, a fraction of that, and I just... I was in love with uh, the blue stuff. Charles Brown has a song, has a record called uh, "Blue Christmas," and and I play that every year. I'm going. I want to do a song, or a record that's, that's kind of thematic, and you know, and bring in horns and funk soul and and do Christmas the way I would want to hear it every every year, which is not the way most people do. But <clears throat> a neo soul Christmas was a complete left turn from what we have done in the past.
1: Well, and that's not a bad thing either, because like I said, Christmas music can be so, you know, sounds similar in in every genre. It was, it was cool to hear something that was different. And, you know, you've, uh, in addition to music, you actually, you're a radio show host yourself. Your show, Radio Rehab, is amazing, by the way. And for those listening in today, where did you get the idea for Radio Rehab? Where did that idea come from?
2: Well, you know, I've been through a recovery program myself. You know, I started... Uh, I started rehab myself in 1990, and one of the 12 steps of recovery is, uh, step 12 is to give back as a result of having had a spiritual experience. And, um, you know, I always kind of blew that off. It was like, you know, whatever. I didn't know exactly what it meant, you know, as a way to give back. And in in the long run, I I kept hearing songs that I thought, wow, that's got a great recovery message. You know, I heard a song by... uh, uh, I can't remember. Three Doors Down, I think, it was it was a song called um, "I Want Something Else to Get Me Through This," and I thought, "Wow, that's that's dead on on you know why we find addictions." And I, I think I, after a, it was a long period there, where I just thought, I should just make a collection of these songs of songs that speak to recovery,
0: you know. And I don't even
2: even on radio rehab, I don't preach um, from a position of one particular addiction because. I believe everyone has something that they cling to uh, that makes their life unmanageable. And that certainly was my case. Exactly. Um, and that's the biggest point. And so uh, radio rehab was kind of born out of, well, here's something I could do to give back is to uh, collect some songs and, and talk about the recovery process. Cause you always have people, you always hear about, you know, celebrities and such. Yeah, I was in rehab, or they tried to make me go to rehab. Uh-huh. But nobody ever talks about what they learned. I'm going, what the heck? You know, give me something we can grow with. So Radio Rehab was born from that, and it was, uh, it was my, my earnest step-12 work of, of contributing what I've learned um, through the need to change my life.
1: Well, it's a great show, and it's actually airs here on One Jam Nation Radio on Fridays and Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you haven't got a chance to listen to it, tune in. It's a good show. Well, Brian, I have not spoken to someone who has had the longevity in Christian music like you have. Uh, you started out in the Sweet Comfort Band back in the early 70s before going solo, and I'm sure that you have seen Christian music in every phase. Take us back to the days of the Jesus movement and compare, if you will, the music scene back then compared to the Christian music scene now.
2: Well, number one, we didn't start Christian music. There was no such thing, really. You had gospel music. You had, um, you you know, white people gospel music. (laughs) And uh, there was really no genre for what we were doing. We were just playing songs of faith about our faith and about our journey in faith. And you know, kind of preaching, you know what Jesus said to preach, um, him and him crucified. So, you know, when we started, it was uh, it was no man's land. That's what it was, and it, the Jesus movement was was thriving in California. But um, when we got outside of the state of California, I mean, there, we ran into a whirlwind of conservative Christians versus, you know. I mean, people ticketing <laughs> our shows claiming that rock and roll was of the devil and you know, it was a lot of that kind of thing. But I mean we really had no definition of, wow, this is Christian music. It was we were just a band and we were doing what we did. There was power behind it, you know, spiritual power that's really unexplained. And eventually Christian music became a genre and, you know, kind of tamed itself down. <laughs> in in my in my personal opinion, you know it 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 became domesticated and and that's enough to say about that
1: you know i i myself started you know really getting into christian music i got saved in 2003 so i i didn't really listen to a whole lot i mean i'd heard some dc talk tracks back in the the late 90s but it was nothing that was really um, something I listen to on a normal basis, so I kind of came in late in the game, and I've, I've only been listening to it for about thirteen years now. But you know, when you were, when you started out, you started out in the time when vinyls were all the rage, and now we have digital music. Does does digital music scare you at all?
0: No,
2: well, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, I was raised in the, in vinyl and cassettes, and those things were lumbering oxes to carry around. When you carry a thousand mm-hmm. uh, records on the road, you need a, uh, an eight by ten trailer. <laughs> to, to tour that stuff um, and it was heavy and bulky and hard to get around And so I mean there's a lot of great things about the digital age but you know I think there was probably six or eight years of and it wasn't just for me but for all musicians where we just go how do we deal with this um, because music can be just stolen from you and it is to this day you know a lot of my stuff can be found you just google it and you get you can ask uh, the new Amazon thing. You know, play Brian Duncan. They've got fifty of my songs, and you know, I don't see anything from that. It's like it—it it created a, a, a problem for for musicians generally. You know, how do you um, how do you make this work? But in, at the end of the day, the cool thing is that there's it really cuts down on manufacturing costs. <laughs> you know. You get an album out, I've got a couple of new albums, one's called Conversations, and uh, probably 80% of the sales have been uh, downloads, and it's just a download sale. It's hard to keep uh, that from being stolen and mass produced, so, you know, it's not like the olden days where rock stars were driving Maseratis.
1: And Brian, speaking of new music, you actually have a new song out right now, and I want to play it here. Why don't you introduce it for us?
2: Well, you know, after all these years, I don't think I've ever actually sung a one song directly to the audience. Um, so this is your song. <laughs> like I, could, I could say, hey, I wrote you a song. Here it is. It's called Sweet Friend of Mine.
0: My, my sweet friend of mine You got me feeling like I can make it-
1: That was Sweet Friend of Mine from Brian Duncan. And uh, we're so glad to be able to play that song on here. So, Brian, what's coming up next for you? You got any new projects that you can tell us about?
2: Well, I'm, I'm you know, I, I haven't got the link in front of me, but uh, we're still raising money for uh, future video stuff because that that uh, is probably the best marketing tool that we have. And I'm also working on the um, a new live experience Part two, and I've got about 20 songs already for a new record that we have to raise the money. So, I mean, all my music is crowdfunded now, which is goes back to the fact that I can still do this because I have uh, a lot of people who believe in my music from that have been around for 20 years. So, um, there's new records coming. I'm also writing my memoirs. (laughs) I'm going. I'm telling the story even to my kids who don't remember the early Jesus movement, and um, and why I started in in music and how the how the Sweet Comfort Band came about and the nightmare that it was and I think it'll be a good story. I'm getting some interest from from some areas. And we'll have to just see what what happens with the story. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm focused on not only songwriting but um, but writing in general, and and uh, uh, revisiting the long journey that I've been on.
1: Right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We very much appreciate it, and then we wish you the best of luck on your show and the upcoming projects you got going on. So thanks so much for joining us today, man. God bless you, brother.
2: Yeah, it's been a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Thanks.